Hey, this is Chris. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Popcorn Finance, the show where we discuss finance and about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. Last week, we talked about the issues plaguing the Social Security system, and I went through the annual Social Security and Medicare trustees report, which updated their their estimates for when the system would essentially run out of money in its trust fund and only rely on the money coming in from active working employees. And so that date fell from 2034 to 2033. So if you want to hear more details on that and some of the factors that played into why that's going on, go back, check out last week's episode. This week, I wanted to talk about four solutions that are being thrown around as possible ways to fix the issue that we're having with the social security system. Not all of these are permanent fixes. I actually would probably say none of these are permanent fixes, uh, but some of them will have a larger impact than others. So I'm just going to break this up into two parts here. The first part are, I would say, the less popular options, <laughs> I would just assume, for the system overall. And then the next two are ones that I think maybe would be more popular with the majority of people uh, and one that I think is probably more likely to have a lasting impact. But We'll see. I think all of these have their positives and negatives. So jumping into the first one here, raise the payroll tax rate. Now, I think this might be the most unpopular of, of all the options on this list, at least from most of the everyday people out there who are paying these payroll taxes. This was from the study that was done, and they said for the system to remain fully solvent over the next 75 years, payroll taxes would have to raise by 3.14%. Currently, it's at 12.4%. And that may sound high, and that's because it's split between you and your employer. Unless you're self-employed, congratulations, you get to pay you get to pay both parts of that. But if you're just someone working a regular job, you receive a W-2 at the end of the year, you're paying 6.2%, and then your employer is paying 6.2%. That's where that 124 comes from. And so by raising the combined Social Security tax to 15.54%, that will result in about a 1.5, almost 1.6% increase in the Social Security tax that we pay as employees. And so that doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean, it really depends on where you are right now financially. Some of us, a 1.6% increase if you're at a higher income level, not that significant. But if you're already just scraping to get by, you may not even be able to afford a half a percent coming out of your paycheck because you're utilizing every dollar just to get by. So that's why I think this one is probably not going to <laughs> be the most popular. And, and I don't know, it doesn't seem like this is likely to be proposed anytime soon. Option number two, raise the full retirement age. And this is another unpopular option, (laughs) at least from my point of view. I don't think many people will be excited to see this. But right now, in 2021, the full retirement age for someone born in 1959 or earlier, your full retirement age to get your Social Security benefit falls between 66 and 67. Just kind of depends on what year you were born in. Now, for those born after 1959, which I'm just assuming is the majority of people listening to this podcast right now. Our full retirement age to get our full Social Security benefit will be 67. And so one idea that's being thrown out there to help the system last a little bit longer and push that dreaded date out into the future is to bump up the age at which you would get your full Social Security benefit. And so the ages of 69 or 70 have been thrown out there. Now, this would be a solution because it would mean not only would people have to wait longer, meaning that the money would have more time to sit there and grow but also there'd be fewer people pulling money out and maybe working a little bit longer, putting more money in. But 69 and 70, although is not extremely old, that is a a while to wait. And it may encourage people to just pull out benefits earlier because 
this is the full retirement age, not the age at which you can start drawing benefits. Uh, so that adds another layer of complexity. And I'm sure there's some very intelligent people who are determining how likely someone is to wait to those ages versus just pulling it out sooner. I, I, I don't know. That's above my my pay grade and expertise. But that is another option that's out there. So after a quick break, we will jump into two more possible actions that could be taken to help sure up the Social Security program. And I think you might like these a little bit better. I host another podcast called This Is Awkward along with my co-host Allison. And on this show, we discuss your awkward money situations like this one right here. I was sharing with a coworker about buying my kids some new shoes and clothes. I recently paid off all my debt, way to go eat, and want to buy things only in cash without using my savings or a credit card. So I mentioned I was going to buy them clothing and new shoes with Friday's paycheck. But the look I got was a look like, um, you can't buy them shoes or clothes. You actually have to wait until Friday. So if you want to find out how we would handle this awkward money situation, or you want to send in your own situation for us to discuss on the podcast, search for This Is Awkward on the podcast app you're listening to this show right now, or go to the show notes to find the link. Okay, next on our list. Option number three, invest the Social Security trust funds into the stock market. So there are people out there who think, why not just get a little more aggressive with how you invest the funds? If they're not growing fast enough to keep up with the demand, maybe the solution is to make more money. I think this is easier said than done. Now, I don't think any of us out there want Social Security funds to be invested in like Bitcoin or Dogecoin. I don't think anyone is looking for that type of volatility or potential upside. And I'm doing some air quotes here, which you can't see. But that is the struggle with any type of system like this, because Social Security system is basically a a type of pension. You have to balance the needs of the people who need the money now versus those who are going to need it in the future. That's why they're so cautious with the money, because they don't want to take too big of a risk and end up not only hurting those who might want to take Social Security decades from now, but also those who need the money now. They don't want to run into a situation where they get too risky, take huge losses, and now the whole system's in jeopardy. So that's why I think there is there is some hesitation over going for this option. Now, it wouldn't cost you, the person putting in money, or you drawing benefits out anything right now, but there could be big long-term costs if this is not done properly. So that's why I moved this one to the back half of the episode and the more favorable because, yes, it's not going to cause a raise in taxes, but it could be extremely detrimental if it goes wrong. Let's move on to the fourth and final option here. Raise the ceiling on which Social Security taxes must be paid. So if you didn't know, there is a point at which your earnings hit a level to where they will just stop taking Social Security tax off of that next dollar. So to give you an example, in 2020, that number was $137,700. So that means that if you made $137,701, that new dollar that's thrown on top there, it would not be subject to any social security tax. So it would still, obviously you pay federal tax on state tax on that money, but no social security tax. And in 2021, that cap was adjusted because each year is adjusted for inflation and it is now $142,800. According to a Congressional Research Service report that was issued on September 27th of 2019, these were based off of numbers that were collected during 2019, eliminating this payroll cap, leaving in all the other current rules, that means leaving the cap on benefits that exists, 
Just doing this one thing would eliminate 84% of the projected 75-year shortfall. So what this means is that, no, it's not going to make everything perfect, and no, it's not going to push us out to that future date that we would like to see Social Security good until, but it makes a significant difference in the overall life and outlook of the Social Security program. So all this does is say we will no longer set a cap at which we will stop collecting Social Security tax. So no matter what you make, we're all paying the same percentage. And I think this is one of the more favorable options because it's not going to technically increase the tax rate at all. The tax rate stays at where it is 6.2% from you, 6.2% from your employer. But what it does is say that everyone's going to keep paying this and you don't get a point at which you get to stop contributing to this program. And I think part of the reason why this cap is there is because there is a cap on how much the Social Security Administration is going to pay you. They're not going to just keep giving you more and more uh, social security benefits as your income rises. So just doing that one thing, not a, not touching the cost of living increases that those receiving benefits receive, not raising the age at which you can receive full social security benefits, uh, not increasing the tax rate by just not doing any other changes, but saying we're going to take this cap off would make a significant change in the outlook of the program. So those are just four options that are floating around out there. I'm sure there are many more theories and many other very intelligent people working on this to find solutions to this problem. And I'm really interested to see what they end up doing, because it's very clear that something has to be done. Now, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. If any of these four options really stood out to you or if there's any that you're like, I definitely do not want them to do that. Send me a message. The best way to reach out to me is on Instagram. You can find me at Popcorn Finance Podcast which is where I found this week's kernel, uh, which is going out to Liz on Stars. And we had a great talk about the horrible old cell phone technology that we used to have to deal with back in the day and just how expensive texting was. It's hard to really wrap my mind around the fact that you had to pay per text at a point in time. Let's just say my parents were not excited about some of the uh, text bills and cell phone bills that I racked up while I was in high school. So be like Liz on Stars. Come reach out to me on Instagram. Again, it's Popcorn Finance Podcast. As always, I appreciate you joining me here for yet another bag of popcorn. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week, and I'll talk to you soon. Your boy, keep it popping like Mary Poppins.